Yo, what's up, everybody? Hey, 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 what's Yo, going on? Welcome to Let's Talk About It. My yeah. name is Trevor King. Pastor Q, and this is a podcast designed for everyone who's had those questions they didn't know who to talk to about. We're going to have candid conversations around everything from sex, sexuality, religion, relationships, parenting, politics. Trev, we're going we're gonna to talk about it on this podcast. Well, let's talk about it. Dude. Let's talk about it. All right. Join us as we talk about it. So let's let's jump in today, man. What uh, what are what are we jumping into today, bro? All right. Well, uh, like you were saying, man, we're we're trying to find our footing and our format and everything. And and uh, this past few weeks, I think we've eased the people into kind of our conversation, how we how we flow with each other, yep. how this podcast is going to go as far as information and yep. how much we're willing to share, and just kind of how open that we are. Um, so I think I think it's about time that we have a conversation about one of the things that are highlighted in our intro. Uh so this week we're going to talk about sex. Mm. So before before we get, get ready, into the get topic. Ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. <laughs> <laughs> before we get into the topic, I want to give two disclaimers. Uh for the people that don't know who we are. Yeah. And that you this may be your first time listening to our podcast or you just may have found it. We are two Christian married men. Yeah. Um, that love our wives happily married, happily married. Um, so I just want to give for the people that may not know us, um, this is the perspective that we're coming from and right. and who we are. So you can get a little right. background, so you know, and this is not just from two random people, right? But you can kind of know a little bit of our life, um, and know that we are married, we are saved, and we love our wives daily. happily married, happily married, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost filled. Yeah. Almost started shouting. Uh, Man, I think about baby right now. I'm getting happy. Right. Uh, <laughs> so y'all see how this gonna go. <laughs> uh, second one is for the parents yeah. or for adults that are listening to this. If you're listening to this with your family um, and you have kids, yeah. um, I, I want you to. Uh, we don't want to be the ones to have this conversation. If you wanted to be the ones to have this conversation with yeah. your kids early on, so at this point of the podcast is a good time for you to pause it. And then you can always come back to it. Um, but we just, I just want to give that disclaimer knowing that we're going to be talking about sex. And this right. is something that, um, not that we're going to go crazy in depth with detail and all that stuff. Yeah, but, but we're going to have the conversation. But we're going to have the conversation. And this is a topic that if you are wanting to have privately with your kids or somebody in your family or just whoever, um, then we want to respect that. So this is the time where you can pause it and then come back and listen to this in the privacy of uh, wherever you are. Uh, but that's the disclaimer. So Great. now that we got those out the way, we're going to talk about sex. Let's talk All about right. sex, baby. <laughs> Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that can be. So I'm not on the worship team, but that's a, that's a little old school. That's you know what's funny? Huh. I was at work yesterday thinking about what, I was, what we were going to talk about. And I, that song came to my head. And I was like, I wonder if I should sing that song. And I should have known. this weekend. I should. You're going to be up there singing Jive. Hey, man. It's going to be good. I can't wait, bro. I've it's been be practicing good. every day. It's going to be good. But yeah, so we're going to okay. talk about sex. Let's so, do it. So, so honestly, uh, I know there's there's a few things that, that I want to I wanna kind of dive into. But, okay. But, but as far as sex, when it comes to uh, marriage and, and Christian values and just how we should look at sex. Yeah. Um, in the church, uh, I think for me at least, 90% of the time when sex is brought up, it's 
is brought up in a negative way. Yeah. Right. And um, without a shadow of a doubt, there can be some negative conversations towards sex if it's applied in the wrong way. But um, every year we do a marriage conference. Yep. And we talk about the healthy aspects of sex as it pertains to marriage. And All my sessions are about sex. Amen. Sex involved in my sessions. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. I think I'm, I'm going to this. I don't know if you know this, but in the uh, in the back of the room, in the production uh, you know, section, every year when we have the marriage conference, they're taking up a tally. Of how many times, <laughs> of how many times sex is being said. Oh, Production. Lord. I'm sorry if I outed y'all, but there's uh, we had we had our uh, oh, we had our intern uh, Andrea. Oh, I remember. And the first year she was here, she had to they they tasked her with the duty of tallying up how many times, and she was overwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> Andrea, the we number love was you. in the hundreds. Yeah, Andrea was an intern for us from Mexico. Uh, she was with us for a year. Uh, yeah. Came here to get trained and wasn't married. And I imagine for her, that was a bit awkward. Um, yeah, hilarious. It was in hilarious. the hundreds, bro. Hilarious. But, but yeah, so like we just, I mean, we're we're just going to talk about about sex and, like I said, in, there's a lot of there's a lot of negative conversation. Sure. On Sunday mornings or just in midday midweek Bible studies yeah. when we talk about sex, but there are healthy things. Oh, yeah. um, about sex and there are healthy things, especially when it comes to a a marriage that is uh that is centered in with god um so i just want to let's, let's talk about that man like like I, I just what's your opinion about about sex when it comes to faith or just sex when like just in general i guess with that yeah man i, I actually i think uh bro it it, it definitely uh, sex is a topic of conversation has been for ages mm-hmm. in the church uh, in in society i mean you know you get the 60s 70s the sexual revolution where you know you get woodstock crazy free love you everybody know love. It, it, everybody everybody <laughs> making love right and it's, it's it was anything but that if yeah. you look at what is love love is self self-sacrificial mm-hmm. for the betterment of another not just the pursuit of my my own personal pleasure and so when it comes to sex man i actually think we've missed it in the church but part of the reason that's been allowed to continue for so long is because we've missed it in the home okay um there's there's um you know th- there's a lot that happens from the pulpit but i'm i'm going to start in the living room let's go um you know when it comes to sex especially within the context of of a religious family and in general, because my mother wasn't religious when I was growing up, and even even in that in that environment, you know, sex is undiscussed, distorted, mm-hmm. or it's viewed as something disgusting, mm-hmm. something that you should just stay away from. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's bad. Sex is bad. Mm-hmm. You know, little girls don't give yourself away. You know, little boys. You know, you 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 better you know, perform and I mean, just this, this disgusting view of, and I don't, what I mean by disgusting is, um, we're taught to believe that, that it's a bad thing. Sex is a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Um, or it's not discussed at all. There's no conversation about sex at all in the house. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe among siblings in a joking way. And it's two brothers or a brother and a sister or two sisters, you know, sharing their ignorance with each other. Sure. Um, so it's either undiscussed, 
it's viewed as disgusting or it's distorted. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, sex is, um, you know, sex, our, our education for sex is being informed by movies and pornography and, you know, locker room chatter. Uh, it's mm-hmm. So you get one of those three dynamics happening in the confines of the home when the when those who have been given um, influence and authority try to have the conversation. If there's no framework, no background, no backdrop to our understanding of sex, then yeah, whatever the preacher says or the church mother says is going to be what you believe to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would I wouldn't I wouldn't put it in a pulpit first. I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't start there. I say it starts in the home. Yeah. And yeah. see and I think I think the reason why I did that is because the reason why I automatically put it in the pulpit, and I think a lot of people do the same, is because we don't have those conversations at home. Oh, exactly. I know. So the first place that we the first place that we that we, we hear it about we hear about it or that is mentioned is there, yep. but it should be at home. Oh, absolutely. I I never got those conversations oh, me growing up at me all. Like, not one. I think I talked to my mom about this a few years ago. I was like, hey, you never talked to me about right. this ever. And she's right. like, I never realized that. And I'm like, yeah. I, I went through my teenage years yep. of trying to figure out by myself what the standard was of, of being a man. And I thought that me being a man meant that I had to go out and right. have sex with however many oh for sure women there were that were willing yeah. to have sex with me oh, as well absolutely. like that's what so i and so i i never had like a dis well i mean i guess it was distorted in the long run but i never had this back then it wasn't distorted to me or shameful or anything yeah. because i thought the i thought the pathway to becoming a man was by having sex and i I, man i wish i would have had those conversations in the house well i think i think well i mean all of us right all me me there so our parents are doing the best they can and Mm -hmm. this isn't to throw any of our parents under the bus i mean as a as a parent you do the best you can with what you can um i think you know primarily the kind of disgusting view of sex happens unfortunately um for the women in our lives you know partly because of an unhealthy version of purity. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of Christian women are right now talking about purity culture and how it damaged their their psyche. And, and, and I, don't, I don't doubt that at all. Um, I, I do think we got to be careful, though. Sometimes the pendulum swings back and forth with what's, what's vogue. And, you know, let's, you know, sin starts within, not without. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the reality is, is that we are all broken people. When it comes to purity and sex and it being disgusting, what it what it one of the the kind of the goals of that from at least a Christian standpoint, as I was growing up, kind of not necessarily in the purity culture kind of arena, but kind of coming after that a little bit, mm-hmm. was for girls don't give yourself away because then you're damaged goods, right? And for boys, have self control and don't be so sinful. Mm-hmm. And so then what happens is. It's, it's an attempt to get people not to have sex. You put so much shame around sex. You put, you know, you put it's sinful, it's dirty, you know, at least in a, from a Christian perspective when it comes to it being disgusting, not distorted. That kind of happens in this, you know, in culture, you know, now the, the opposite side of that is, you know, do whatever you want with whoever you want, how much you want, and mm-hmm. it's your body and blah, 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 blah. What, what, what the attempt was with the disgusting part, just to use that phrase, is was to get people to not have sex before marriage. Well, it was a strategy to keep people from sinning. Um, and so I can't tell you how many women and men I've counseled who are now married, 
who still have a hard time enjoying sex mm. because they spent so much time telling themselves that sex was bad that emotionally and mentally they have not they've had a difficult time making the mental shift to enjoy sex with their spouse now mm -hmm. because in their minds sex was a bad thing so now the wife is super uncomfortable in her own body she didn't open up she's afraid to let you know her husband try things or for her to try things you know the men have this profound amount of shame connected to sex it's a it's a dastardly deed that needs to be done with their spouse but oftentimes are bound in pornography because mm -hmm. they have the freedom to do it by themselves they don't feel the shame of doing it with another person mm -hmm. and so that kind of that view of sex it, it's very damaging is what it is what it is and i think you know um the the so then you know yeah we're taught that from the pulpit Mm -hmm. right the people who are educating us about god's perspective on sex if they only lay out the damaging um dynamics of sex mm -hmm. right sex before marriage you know the implications of that and, and i wasn't a virgin coming into marriage just my pound of flesh is i wasn't a virgin coming into marriage i was a dad at 15 years old you know and um you know and, and so I had a very distorted view of sex, mm -hmm. right? Like the average boy, I was exposed to pornography at a very young age. Yeah. You know, for me, I got involved in sexual activity at a very young age. Mm -hmm. um, because for me, it was a distorted mm -hmm. view of sex. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. so so I think, I think that, you know, you got the damaging view, distorted view, undiscussed kind of issues when it comes to sex. But God says something completely different about sex. Okay. Completely different about sex. So, yeah. And see, uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of have the same. I, I was, I was introduced to to sex at a soup at fourteen, like thirteen years old. Right. I mean, I was maybe even younger than that. Actually, honestly, um, but but yeah, I came into my marriage. I came into my marriage not. Uh, not being a virgin and my wife my wife is or was uh before before marriage and um one of the one of the harder things to do was to to after being you know out there sexually in the world and everything and then to meeting my wife I had to restrain myself for 2 years um to honor to honor her and to and to live the life I should have been living before that day but but I had to I had to wait for two years to to be with my wife in that way, and I, bro, I tell you, it was the hardest two years I've ever I've ever lived through. But I'm proud of you because you honored her. Yeah, and and she was a woman, you know, who you know stood by her convictions, stood by her values, and um, man, that that's a beautiful thing, bro. But yeah. I was I was praying for you. I remember them two years. <laughs> I needed I needed all the prayers I can get uh because it was it was it was rough but it was gratifying when we got to the altar and we had pledged our vows and our commitment and uh, made our covenant uh to each other and to God and I I thought about while we were on the stage that man we made it like I I know it's easy to give in I know it could be the the easy way out to 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 let your body and your flesh dictate your moves throughout life. And, you know, you, you may be struggling saying like, man, I don't think I can, I can last or I don't think I can, I can wait it out. So I have to give in to what my flesh is, what my flesh is doing. But 
but it's it was it was so rewarding to know that God was there through those whole two years of dating and being engaged and and it it just makes it so much sweeter to now uh I can look back on it daily and just be like I'm glad that we I'm glad that she waited for me and I'm glad that I was able to put that sexual pride that I had put that all the way behind me and be able to to wait until we became one and it's man it's I I love it yeah, and I think that's the that's the hard part is, you know, one of the hard parts is delayed gratification. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's I'm going to choose with God's help to wait even though it's something that I want mm-hmm. um, because if we only did what we want, then we would continue to be in a world of trouble. That's mm-hmm. the, I mean, that's the center of selfishness, what I want as opposed to what God wants and even what's best for me. And I think that could probably be a good place to kind of like, well, what does God say about sex? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's like, wait until you're married. Mm-hmm. You know, I was meeting with a couple, you know, and um, we were talking about, you know, um, me and my wife were meeting with another couple. Let me make sure I frame that right. Mm-hmm. And the conversation of sex came up and I just said, you know, um, my wife is the only God honoring outlet I have to experience sexual pleasure. And I am hers. That's it. We've got each other. God says in this context, you two can enjoy the delights of marriage. And so with our kids, we've tried not to frame sex as something bad that you should avoid, but something good that you should wait for. Mm -hmm. So and those kind of becomes the two those kind of become the two kind of framework for for sex and sexuality. Like, is it something bad that I should avoid? Or is it something good that I should wait for? Mm-hmm. Well, it's something good that you should wait for, um, you know, and so it's like fire. Fire can warm you, but fire without parameters will burn you. Mm-hmm. And so what does God say about sex? I mean, God, God says sex is good. I mean, it's the opening line of scripture. It says, and God made, um, it says he made Adam and Eve. It says, and the man said to the woman, you are not flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. For out of man, you were, for, for you were taken out of man. You, sh- you should be called woman, for you were taken out of man. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, for this reason, the man should leave his mother, father, and be, be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And it says this, and then Adam knew Eve. And the word knew there is not intellect. Mm-hmm. It's intimacy. Okay. And that is what is at the heart of sex. It's the knowing of another person. When you want to know someone, God says you get naked and fully give yourself to them. Mm -hmm. That is a knowing of another person. Like I know every nook, cranny, and crevice of my wife. I know what she enjoys. Mm -hmm. I know know what she doesn't like. Like sex is the highest form of pleasure given to man by God. Mm -hmm. Highest form of pleasure. And so sex is good. It's a part of the creation. Yeah. It's not just for procreation. Sex is for pleasure. And so scripture has a lot to say about the pleasures of sex. I mean, there's a whole book filled with the things that are acceptable in sex. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Song of Songs written by Solomon 
concerning his love for a girl who's uh, only known as a Shulamite. Um, she was a shepherdess um, from a small village. Solomon is the king. He falls in love with her. And he, he is called the, you know, they're, they're called the cantails. It's like these five stanzas, these five songs mm-hmm. um, where they are outlining their wedding day. And, and just let me tell you, my man, if you want some tips, don't ask, don't ask Hugh Hefner. You got to go, you got to go to the original doctor of love, Yo. King Solomon. Yo. You know what I'm saying? Yo, I got to <laughs> tell you this real quick. So, man, my, my boy Trey, my best friend in Indiana, may be listening to this and he's going to laugh when he hear this. But we were, when we first got saved, we were at our old church and uh, we had went to one of the Wednesday night Bible studies and uh, we had, like, we, were, we weren't paying attention. We were yeah. just whatever. And we, somebody said, my pastor said something about marriage and he was talking about the Psalm of Solomon. So I opened up the Bible and we're sitting by each other and we're not paying attention. Opened up the Bible, went to Psalms of Solomon. And one of the first scriptures that I think says something about lay, uh, let me lay my head on your breast. Yeah, bro. And I said, that's in the Bible? Yeah, And bro. me and him are freaking out. We're in the middle. This is probably about 10 people in the service. But we're sitting in the back row giggling like, yo, he got breast in the Bible. <laughs> yo, <laughs> talking about lay my head on your breast. Right. I was like, right. I'm using that line. Right, Like, right. that's dope. Like, I, yeah, I had to. That's, yeah, bro. <laughs> that's, that's, oh, well, gosh. Well, because here's the thing. I think, you know. I mean, we're kind of sharing our personal experience, but there are people, you know, who are who are like grappling with, okay, what do I do? I've had sex before marriage. I maybe have multiple sexual partners. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what does God think of me? What do I do next? You know, am I ruined? Is it too late? You know mm-hmm. what? And so, right. I mean, I would say, man, there is a, there is a river that flows from God's throne, and it will wash you clean. Jesus says. Um, 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 you know, all who come to me, all who come to me, I'll never turn away. First wow. John one nine, you know, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Amen. And, um, and so there's freedom, forgiveness, and a new beginning. Um, some, some people are in sexless marriages. I mean, we, this thing goes deep, like hmm. for various reasons. Sometimes it's an issue with the man, you know, erectile dysfunction is a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, especially as men age, their testosterone levels decrease, mm-hmm. which is, which is, uh, you know, going to affect, you know, a, a man's sex drive. Um, there are, you know, uh, bodily sexual, um, uh, the right, this is the right word, but, but deformities, there are, there are women and men, you know, with, with uh, chemicals, uh, imbalances that affect, you know, the, you know, sex being pleasurable yeah. um, for a woman or sex being pleasurable for a man. So there, there are some real hard things that people are dealing with when it comes to sex. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that I want to make sure that people hear is that one, sex is good and it's from God in the context of marriage because that is the only safe covenantal place that you can know someone fully. One of the greatest difficulties with sex before marriage and outside of marriage is that you've given yourself away to another person. Mm-hmm. And now in a very real sense, there is a part of you that in a, in a, in a, in a kind of, if I can say it this way, in a, in a, in a spiritual sense that they possess, like you've given yourself away for a man, you know, and, and this is where adults, hopefully, you know, and the little ones are listening. When a man uh, ejaculates, mm-hmm. he has given that woman his essence. Mm-hmm. That's his seed within the context of his sperm is his family history. Mm. 
That is a sacred thing to give away to a woman. I am giving Angela my lineage. Yeah. That's going, man, that, that, I mean, if I said a million dollars is your family inheritance, you ain't just putting it in anybody's bank. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're going to make sure that where you putting it is a safe place. For sure. And as a woman, you are receiving from a man. You're not just you're not just enjoying a sexual moment, but this is a spiritual transaction happening according to scripture. According to scripture, um, Paul talks about in First Corinthians chapter seven. He talks about being joined to a man and a or, you know a man and a woman being joined together, and and it says you become one with them. Yeah. Um, and so, man, this is a sacred thing that's happening. In sex. Wow. And so I, I would say, you know, there's forgiveness and grace. Um, it's a matter of confession. But I would, I would also say sex is intended to be a sacred thing. It's a it's a covenantal blessing. Mm -hmm. And you can enjoy it. Um, but, man, there's something different when you do it with God's blessing on it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, it's, a, it's such a beautiful thing. Yeah. Uh I, I wanna I wanna dive into there's there's something that you always you always say especially during the marriage conference and we talked about it and we explained it so I kind of have a, a a hint of what you might say because we had talked about it uh, uh, while one of our one of our brothers were getting married and we went to his house full of fire yeah, and everything yeah, yeah. and uh, he had posed a question and it's something that uh, I oh, think yeah. other people want to hear but I remember as far as sex. Sex is an act of worship. Absolutely. So, uh, <laughs> comedian side of it all, <laughs> when when me and my wife heard that, the first thing that came to my mind was, all right, while we're having sex, we're going to sing worship songs. <laughs> <laughs> so, I thought I thought I was going to bust out some Kurt Franklin and some CC Winans. Right, right. We're going to bust out some old time. We're going we're to we're sing some songs. And, I just, right. and <laughs> the first time after hearing that, I was like, how's this worship bro? and i'm like do we say thank god bro no no bro i was like how do bro, we do it's this? worship bro bro i tell my kids if you hear clapping in the other room it's me and mama <laughs> praising god <laughs> we in there making a joyful noise in the name of jesus Yo, yeah. <laughs> you clapping hey yeah, we in there we in there it's a praise break oh <laughs> Yo, that's I'm sorry, bro. That's that's <laughs> yo, yeah. that's hilarious. It's worship. That's worship. Yeah, I just like it's it break that down because yeah, because we have there are different aspects of worship, but yeah. I don't think sex being uh, worship is something that is talked about. No, for uh, a lot at all. Yeah, uh, we break down different ways of worship, but sex is not one of those things that are included. Yeah. And if sex is an act of worship, then if sex is an act of worship, then we should also have the respect yes for worship in that context absolutely when marriage so break break that down what, well, what, what does already, it mean to yeah. have that yeah well you've already said how it changes how you approach it mm -hmm. yeah um there's a there's a few scriptures um you know one whether you eat or drink do it all do it all for the glory of god not mm -hmm. some all so every aspect of my life is an act of worship whether i'm aware of it or not yeah. It's the worship of self. It's the worship of things. It's the worship of people. It's the worship of God. Mm -hmm. I am. I was. I am. I am created by God as a being that worships, and I think that's, the, bro. That's the starting point. You are 
living worship every day. You don't get to choose when and what you worship. You are everything you do is an act of worship unto something. Mm, okay. Everything I do, mm-hmm. whether I eat or drink, it's an act of worship. The way that I eat and the way that I drink, he goes, yes. Do you honor and give thanks to me for what you've been given? Mm. Or do you glorify yourself in what your own hands have made? When I work, he says, don't work as unto men, as, as men pleasers, but work as unto the Lord. You mean the way I do my job is an act of worship? Yes. Wow. The way you work, the way you eat. Um, the way you rest, you were required to take a Sabbath. If you didn't, matter of fact, it's why the children of Israel went into Babylonian captivity. They didn't let the land rest. Mm-hmm. So then your rest is an act of worship. Everything. Um, Hebrews chapter 13 says, let the marriage, he says, marriage should be honored by all in the marriage bed. <clears throat> He's not talking about furniture. The word there in, in uh, Greek is koite. It's sexual love. Okay. All of it is an act of worship. So what does that mean? That means, what is worship? Worship is my life's expression of gratitude, of, of honoring or acknowledging God's worth-ship. Mm-hmm. Worship is acknowledging God's worth-ship. I'm saying you are worthy of my praise. You're worthy of me working hard. You are worthy of me acknowledging you before I. So when I get in the bed with my wife, I acknowledge that she is a gift from God, and I say thank you. Mm. In everything I do, I am doing it sexually as an act of worship. How? Because serving is an act of worship. Mm -hmm. So when I'm sexually serving my wife, I'm doing it with the knowledge that this will be done in such a way that glorifies you, God. That's good. What I'm doing, I'm not, because man, you can, you can have sex with your wife and it not be about her. It could be about you chasing an orgasm. Yeah. And then what ends up happening, if we don't acknowledge the fact that what we are doing is an act. So, so what we would say is what, what, how Angela and I view it is we would say that, that sex is worship, it's work, and it's warfare. Okay. It's worship. I've just described that. Yep. Hey, when I'm when I'm intimate with my wife, man, I'm not. I mean, I ain't singing Kirk Franklin. I'm saying some other stuff that I ain't gonna say on this podcast. <laughs> but it ain't Kirk Franklin. I can assure you of that, my man. <laughs> Do you hear what I'm, I don't want no gospel music playing? Listen, we gonna make our own music. I got playlists. You hear what I'm saying? And I don't mind that. So 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 it's a it's worship, but it's also warfare. Yeah. It's also an act of spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, Paul says to the church in Corinthians, he goes, hey, you as a married couple can separate for a time for prayer and fasting. He says, but come back together again, lest Satan tempts you. Why? Because Satan wants to use sex to get many of us bound in slavery. Mm-hmm. Okay? So it's an act of warfare against the wiles of the devil. It's an act of warfare. Even in our marriage, when Angela and I are having a hard time, more often than not, it's her who will say, hey, we're really disconnected. Maybe you and I should become intimate. Like there are some things that we aren't seeing with one another. So let's get past all of the minor things that's causing a fight. Ain't nobody mad at their spouse when they're having sex. Mm-hmm. 
unless y'all having mad sex, mm-hmm. breakup sex, yeah. or makeup sex, yeah. and that's 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 a whole nother thing. That's, that's whole you know what I'm saying? And so and so so for us, it's also warfare. But then sometimes it's work. Mm-hmm. It's work. In other words, sometimes I don't want to have sex. I'm, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Um, but my wife, my wife says, "Hey, I, I need you to serve me in this way." I'm a server in that way. Or, mm-hmm. or if I say to her, hey, sweetie, you know, I'm, I'm really in a place for me. This, this could really help me. Mm-hmm. I'm stressed. When I'm stressed, um, we have sex. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a, she, it's a, I mean, she's in control of her own body in one sense, right? In another sense, the scripture says, Quavatis, your body doesn't belong to you anymore. It belongs to your spouse. Mm-hmm. Now, God's not um, sanctioning the violation of a person's will, but what he is saying is that you have to, in the context of life and marriage, you no longer live, but Christ lives it, Christ lives through you, mm-hmm. and he came to serve and not be served. Mm-hmm. And more often than not, I found at times sex is used as a weapon as opposed to an act of worship, as opposed to an act of spiritual warfare, as opposed to understanding that it's just work. Sometimes you ain't gonna wanna have sex with your husband. Do it anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying if it's a violation of your safety, I'm not promoting um, mistreatment, I'm not promoting um, someone um, doing something that you don't wanna do. I'm saying you have the power over your body to say, it's not about me right now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to choose to serve him or I'm going to choose to serve her. It's not one-sided. And I think that's another false notion that men are the only ones who are assertive sexually. Um, there are a lot of women with, with higher sex drives than their husbands. That's just how God wired them up. That's mm-hmm. just how God has wired us up. And so this, this conversation of sex, it's a vast conversation. Um, but sex is worship. It is an yeah. act of worship. You are worshiping something all the time. Mm-hmm. And we choose to, with sex, say, um, Father, at times, not every time. It's not like, you know, we're on our knees praying, like, Lord, bless our sex time. You know, have I? Yeah, I have. I've been like, Lord, I'm putting this work and uh, put a little, put a little, put a little, put a little extra on it. Put a little super on my natural. You know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> put a little, put a little super on this natural I'm about to do. And so, and so, uh, yeah, put a little super on this natural. And so, and so, because what happens, man? You want to bring God into your sex life. That goes back to why are we? It's not like God. Like and I know this is I know for some of us y'all listening y'all are like y'all face are red and you're like oh my gosh I can't believe they're going there and I would say um, it's not as though the Lord covers his eyes and plugs his ears mm-hmm. when you and your spouse are intimate mm-hmm. right and so matter of fact you don't want him to yeah. You want his watchful eye when you're in your most vulnerable state. Mm-hmm. Like you want him watching over and speaking blessing over that act of worship. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's a vast conversation. I feel like I kind of got on a roll there. No, I, uh, I, I uh, But it. I'm passionate about people understanding. I want you to bring God into your sex life. Like bring you bring him into your your you bring him into your fantasies about another husband who would love you better or you you, you know I'm, I should mm. say you bring him into that but but you are having these thoughts about I wish you know my husband was better or, or I wish my wife would do these things it's like so where's God at in those thoughts yeah and and furthermore what would happen if you brought God into 
your sex life. I wonder how much he would guard you from those thoughts. He would guard you from the lust. He would guard you from the temptation. He would guard you from the fantasies. I just think, man, there's no part of my life where Jesus doesn't get to be involved. Mm-hmm. I think I think something that should be no. I was just thinking about me and my wife. We we've been married a little over two years now, and uh, early on when we were doing our marriage counseling and stuff, and we yeah. had our uh, our couple that was. Uh, putting us through, you know, different tests and all that stuff. Uh, the expectation of how many times a week yeah. we would have sex. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it changes as you age, <laughs> it, my friend. It, it cha- well, it changes. It changed for me really quickly because I I'd had to remember that outside of the bedroom, I had a life still. That's right. So I I had to. I remember I still had to go to work. That's right. I still gotta cook, come home clean, tired. come home, like everything. So I used to. I I thought, hey, we're going a couple times a day, every day. Right. And then the the first first couple Brother, weeks, you need like, to drink some Gatorade. Your electrolyte was gonna you, be you think, trash. You think I, my refrigerator <laughs> was stacked full, bro? Some Gatorade on on retainer. Right, right. Bro, that little Gatorade. Gatorade by the bed. Got Gatorade in the bed. Gatorade right. in the living room. Right. Little, she didn't even know where it was hitting that. Right. But like it just it quickly went from the expectation of every day yep. to maybe a few times right. a week. And then right. there were some weeks where early on we, we just like, we just went by and we're like, hey, we haven't had sex in like two weeks. Yeah. And it was like, something feels off. Yeah. And then we would have to, we yeah. would have to like find the time because we were so busy yep. and tired. And then we found that time. And now we have a, I, 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 we, we, we've had these conversations many times, but we have a very healthy yeah. sexual relationship with, within our marriage and uh and we understand that we we are serving each other yeah, man. um ebony just not that long ago had mentioned that uh she wanted to be better in serving me in every single way and she she included sex in that way yeah. so so there are times where she knows i'm i'm fighting through because i've told her i've had i've had uh, and i have struggles with uh, lust and yeah. and or pornography and yeah. everything, and she can tell when I'm I'm there. Yep. And she would just say, "Hey, tonight I just want to serve you." Yeah, man. And that that helps me out so much. And then she she has some her own issues to where I know, hey, tonight let me serve you. Yeah. It's okay. You just you, yep. Whatever yep. you need from me. Yep. I'm going to serve you in that way. Whether it be just cuddles, whether it be full on intimacy and and, yeah. and, and having sex or or just a foot rub, whatever, yeah. like let me serve you. And I, I think, I think once we kind of got that idea of sex being a way for us to serve each other, yeah. man, it, it, it feels good. Cause I, I feel good when I can put my wife's clothes away after yeah. washing them, you know, and, yeah. or I feel good when I'm able to take my wife's car and put air in her tires. Right. Just like serving like, those little itty bitty things make right. me happy. So if sex is something that God, has given us as a married couple and said this is supposed to be good and I'm able to serve my way in a way that God is saying that it's good it makes it mean so much more yeah, yeah. I like yeah I just yeah I, I love I love the topic of sex when it comes to marriage well well I mean okay so we you know we we could I mean that we could talk about so many aspects mm-hmm. you know to 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 the subject of sex like What's what's a healthy sex life you know, mm-hmm. look like? You know, what's what's okay to do in bed from God's perspective? Mm-hmm. How often should you be having sex? And you know, how can how can you have a better sex life? And mm-hmm. you know, I imagine if we did a, a you know a call in, we get a lot of calls from people with 
with a lot of hurt as it relates to sex or or people with a lot of just kind of questions related to sex. And so here's what I would say just as we kind of kind of round out our time together mm-hmm. um that sex is a gift from God and um it is meant to be expressed in its highest form sanctioned by God in the context of a covenant relationship why because sex is about intimacy not an orgasm sex is about two people giving themselves away in the safety of an intimate relationship outside the context of covenant it's transactional um there is no anchor point beyond sex other than someone's worth there is no covenant before god and man to ensure that after the sexual experience, the other person will stick around to experience the highs and lows of life with you. I know I'm preaching to the choir for a lot of us. I would say sex is not um, disgusting. Um, It is not meant to have a distorted view of what we see in movies or through pornography or what we heard in the locker room. And sex should be discussed, especially in the context of marriage. I would just say, wives and husbands, as much as you can, work to a place of intimacy where you can be honest about the things that you enjoy and don't enjoy sexually. Um, You're going to be with this person for the rest of your life or their lives. Angela and I have been together for 27 years, and that has afforded us the time to have honest conversation about what we both enjoy, what we don't care for, the things that that um, bring us pleasure, the things that make us uncomfortable. And so I, I would say sex is about intimacy. Again, not an orgasm. When you get that, it changes what you do when you're with your spouse. It changes the way you see it because ultimately intimacy with you and your spouse is meant to bring God glory Two people coming together, honoring each other, glorifies the Father who brought you two together. I pray that your sex life is healthy. I pray that it is enjoyable. I pray that you experience God's blessing in it. And we pray that this conversation about sex as we talk about it has been an uh, encouragement to you. I hope to have you join us for our next episode like share this podcast if it's been helpful to you until next time pastor q here trevor king here we out